How does Voltorb wear pants? Hello and welcome to Chaotic Creations, a podcast where we take weird prompts and make weird Pokemon Mystery Dungeon characters. I'm Harper, your lawful nerdy paladin. And I'm Darby, your chaotic tired bard. And welcome to our ninth episode. Darby, how are you doing today? I had a fantastic weekend. <laughs> I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but rather than revel in our victory, a quick update for you all. While you will not be able to see the character sheets for this episode, you can find the rest of the character sheets for all of our episodes on our website at chaoticpod.com. You can find all the spells and the equipment that we've given these characters that we didn't necessarily talk about on the podcast on these character sheets for your viewing pleasure. For example, I've given Reapra some truly awful spells that Harper would never use in real life, but <laughs> since Reapra's the opposite of Harper, I think it works totally fine for her. Yes, but because you will not be able to look at the character sheets for these characters, instead, you can go ahead and listen to them. Darby and I played the characters that we made during this episode on the Not a Scratch podcast run by our dear friend and guest, Anaru himself. We played in a special Halloween episode with the folks from Two's Company, and we had a lot of fun. Yep, so if you would like to hear us play these characters that you're about to hear us make, you can head over to the Not a Scratch podcast. You can find them wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. You can also hear us playing some Among Us if you go over to Anaru's YouTube channel, which is the Aduran region on YouTube, and you can hear Darby go fully feral while playing hide and seek. Listen. I'm just an imposter and I'm just hungry. I'm just hungry for my friends. And also, I definitely wasn't an electrical. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. So joining us today, we have the GM, the PM, the DM of Not A Scratch Podcast. We have Anaru himself. Anaru, how are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm happy you used all three of the words instead of just like the GM or something like that. Of course, it's your proper title. It's how I introduce myself for some reason. <laughs> so, Anaru, what got you into tabletop gaming? I blame other podcasts. So, they are the reason why. So, about, I think it'd be last summer. So, 2019 summer, I was out of my normal town. I was interning somewhere else. And I had a long commute between my home and my workplace. And so, what I did to fill up the time was to listen to podcasts. And specifically, there are a few that I'll throw out there. There's Critical Ditto, The Roaring Trainers, Quest Company Junior. These are all like Pokemon-ish related podcasts, but they were all things that I found interesting and they were playing games on a podcast form. And that was really interesting to me. And that soon threw me into the world of tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons and other systems like that. So really, I did it the other way around. Most people will play the game first and then go to the audio version. And then I found the audio version and went backwards towards the games. And your podcast is pretty interesting because you play a version of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Yes. And I was so happy when you guys were like, hey, I know what that is. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's impossible. I thought I was the only one part of a lost generation. It's the best Pokemon spinoff game. 
And this is why I think we became fast friends, because like already, I don't need to hear your other opinions. They could all be good or bad. But this opinion, this opinion right here is like, at least she has that. Precisely. And you homebrewed a lot of the system for your podcast, right? Well, I like to say it that way, because that's the easiest way to classify it, because a lot of the portions of the system are taken from other fields. If you were to read through the coding, I guess, of the system, you'd see D&D, you'd see masks, you'd see other more established Pokemon ones like Pokeplay and 5th edition version. So you'll see parts of them in there, but technically the entire thing is homebrew. Like, for example, the items, there was nowhere, for example, online that was already developed, like a Lumiazorb or something like that. That didn't really have a translation, so I decided to make one myself. So things like mechanics that are specific to the game itself are in the system, and those are really just my brainchild, I guess. Well, I mean, you did an amazing job. It's really fun to listen to. Thank you. That is a third me, but then the other players are obviously, you know, they have to be good as well. So shout out to Mansoor Muhammad for being awesome players. Yeah, shout out to Kyle and Ralph for being amazing. Yeah, I just sit here and tell them, hey, you could go left or right. They're the ones that have the argument about, well, why can't we just go straight? Why can't I just punch through the wall? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a machop. I should be able to, you know, brick break my way through a wall. It's fine. It's in the name. <laughs> you are real life friends with your, I don't know what to call them, co-hosts with your players. Yeah, I guess we're all co-hosts in a way. We all met in college. We met a couple of years ago. And when I had this idea, I kind of just asked everybody I knew. I'm like, hey, would you like to do this? And they were the first two and frankly, the only two that were fairly confident. Like, yeah, we could actually do this reasonably well. And then a couple months later, here we are. Darby and I also met in college and bonded over role-playing games. And I asked her if she wanted to do this podcast. You didn't even ask the question. You said, I have an idea related to Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, yes, automatically, yes. I don't care what it is is Dungeons and Dragons sign me up (laughs) (laughs) I think you literally said that though I we say it as a joke but I think you literally said those exact words I think I probably did it's (laughs) a little fuzzy at this point (laughs) see I do know this because I have listened to the first two mini episodes and like halfway through episode one so yes I am sort of on the ball (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. And for listeners, Anaru has not like been sleeping on our podcast. We're recording this in September. We only have a couple episodes released. So he's actually almost caught up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit harder for ours, but I've heard people binging through ours. I don't know how you could listen to me for that long. It's an engaging story. You can listen to anything for a long time. It's an engaging story and you have a lovely voice. Eh. That's a mood. <laughs> Anaru, what do you think your favorite part of playing tabletop is? It's definitely the story. All three of the people on our podcast come from an improv background, which is why there are times where we'll record an episode and finish it. And then I think if you're listening to it, there'll be certain episodes where you're like, they didn't really do anything, though, in this half an hour, hour long thing. And that's usually because we're just improving our way through a day. And I guess we just didn't do anything that day. Like there's an entire episode dedicated to one of our characters just playing in an arcade that literally sums up his entire day. And nothing really happens, but it's like the down episodes in some sort of long series that's like oh but this is like the groundwork for something you'll see two three episodes later on so that episode while it didn't really seem like it at the time that really pushed in this case ralph that pushed ralph's character ahead level wise which makes him even better at at battling than kyle which is a whole like mini thing that kyle deals with in the first arc accidental spoilers i mean it's not really spoilers but it's like a like this is what's gonna happen in the future which i don't think is that bad Although Harper might disagree with me. Yeah, if you haven't listened to Not A Scratch Podcast, go listen. It's a very fun story. 
Is Not a Scratch the only tabletop that you ever played, or have you been in part of other games as well? It is the first. That's a perfect way you want to start off your learning how this type of game works, right? Just starting a full-on podcast about it. After starting that and meeting a bunch of people in the community, I've been involved with a couple of other ones as well, but this is the first, yeah. And, I mean, you run Not a Scratch, so you're not one of the player characters. Do you have a favorite NPC that you've made for that campaign? There's Mrs. Quagmire the Quagsire, who is a school teacher. There is Snow the Sphiel, who accidentally became Ralph's love interest. <laughs> that has a whole backstory behind that. Darby loves Sphiel. He's so round! It's just round! <laughs> it's circle! <laughs> I think this is a meme on our channel or something like that, but in the episode where Snow was introduced, Ralph basically just went out of character like, oh, Sveal, that's a cute Pokemon. And then Muhammad, who plays Kyle, goes, oh, and that's all we needed. And then that just became a central part of the rest of the arc. <laughs> oh, it latched onto the small thing and made it reality. Yeah, I mean, Snow was not meant to be an important character at all, but because of just this small little tweak that our players made, Snow just became like the sidekick, basically. Like, that elevated themselves. So I guess kind of snowballed out of control. Yeah, I, I got the pun too. <laughs> Well, I think that's probably as good a transition as any to talking about what it is that we're going to be doing today. Good question. Instead of making a D&D &D character today, Anna, you're going to walk us through how to make characters for your setting. Yes. Darby and I have selected Pokemon for each other to play. And I think first Darby and I should say what our favorite Pokemon are, you know, what are what the Pokemon on our teams would be, or, you know, just a couple of our favorite Pokemon. Yeah. And we'll see if the Pokemon that we give to each other are on those teams or not. Oh, this will be fun. I have so many favorite Pokemon. I gave you such a warning for this, Darby. You had hours. I know, I have the list. I have the list in front of me. I would like to reiterate that I love almost all Pokemon, and they're near and dear to my heart in different ways. All Pokemon are amazing, but we have to pick a few. Would you like to start or shall I with your team? Why don't you start? Well, I have two teams, actually. I have the one that I would have if I were a trainer, and I have the one that I would have if I were a gym leader. My trainer team, because I am enamored of dark and poison types, they just speak to my soul. My trainer team would consist of Umbreon, Whirlipede, Nidoqueen, Toxtricity, Bisharp, and Weavile. Ooh, I like that. My favorite babies. <laughs> and my gym team, I think I would be an ice-type gym trainer because I'd originally come from a very cold and snowy place and have a lot of experience with skiing. Mm -hmm. My gym team would consist of Weavile, Dugong, Frostlass, and Mamoswine. That's a very good team, I have to say. Darby, what about you? What do you think you're, if you had to pick? Okay, so I'm pulling the list that you and I made back in November 22nd of 2018 with Ooh. one change. Ooh. Because since that time, Pokemon Sword and Shield has come out. So it's Togekiss, Furret, Alolan Vulpix, Flygon, Metagross, and instead of Porygon, which I had originally put, I'm putting Dragapult because the idea of a Pokemon that launches little babies of itself <laughs> at the opponent is deeply hilarious and I adore it. That is nice. Oh man. I love Dragapult. I was so mad to find out how hard it was to catch a Dreepy in Pokemon Sword and Shield. I spent a literal eight hours running around the grass trying to find one. And the stupid Araquanids, the like bug water Pokemon that had like the big bubble. Yeah. 
terrifying that they come running after you. I'm like, cross, cross, cross. And they're just full sprint at you. And then eventually I caught whatever the second evolution form of Dreepy was by chance happened to find it. I'm like, I don't care. I'm breeding this until I get a Dreepy. And that's what we're going with. No more. The hardest Pokemon for me to catch was Drampa. Oh, yeah. I spent 10 hours. It was on one of my days off. I spent 10 hours riding around in a bike, kept having to reset the clock on my Switch so that it was the correct time for the weather in the correct location. And I muted my game and turned on podcasts and just rode around for like 10 hours until I caught the thing. And it's not even that good. I don't use it on my team. <laughs> but I needed to complete that Pokédex. Oh, here, here. I mean, well, should put a disclaimer in that I have not played Sword and Shield yet. So I am a terrible Pokémon individual. Darby, I have great news for you. You will be happy to know that the Pokémon that I have picked for you is actually among your list. Okay. It itself is not on your list. It is the pre-evolution to one of the Pokemon on your list. Okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. So the Pokemon that I have chosen for you to create is Matang. Hot diggity. <laughs> hey, that's not bad. That's not bad. I, I'm a huge fan of that line as a whole, so. Yeah, I love Metagross. It's just a badass Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> he goes stomp and you go boom. <laughs> I don't know. I also thought that a, a psychic type would also kind of fit you well because you're a really like mentally active person. I don't know how to say that better. I was curious where you were going with that sentence. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was like, that's uh... Well, I know that you would dislike it if I called you intelligent, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I didn't want to give you the fully evolved because I felt like giving you a fully evolved pseudo legendary might be a little bit much. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Metagross. They chonky. <laughs> Darby, which Pokemon have you selected for me? I selected this pretty much as soon as we went, we're going to choose the Pokemon for each other. I chose Umbreon <gasps> because I know how much you love Umbreon. Umbreon is my absolute favorite Pokemon of all time. Yeah. I love it so much. Oh, this will be fun. I'm glad none of you guys got something like Amon that you're like, mm, you know. Dunsparce! I even have a little Umbreon figurine back here on my desk. Oh, that's incredible. I love Umbreon so much. <laughs> it has been my favorite Pokemon since I got an Umbreon on my very first playthrough of a Pokemon game ever, Pokemon Crystal. Ooh. I didn't know how Eevee worked, and so I was just training my Eevee, and it was nighttime, and it evolved, and I was like, ah, this cute puppy is mine now. <laughs> and I will love it forever. I've had this puppy for two minutes, but if anything happened to him, I would kill everyone in this room and then myself. <laughs> so, Andrew, we've picked our Pokemon. What do we do now? That's a good question. There's a little, like, red notebook that's about the size of my hand. And this is basically where the entire system was born. I can't actually show it to you guys, unfortunately, because my camera decided not to work. But I got this when I started listening to shows. And so, like, every idea... This, this is the holy grail, effectively. It's this little 6-inch by 4-inch red notebook. And in it includes how to build a character, which is cool because I had forgotten. So, <laughs> let's do this. Step one, name your character. That's also probably a... Good idea. I don't know if you guys want to do your own names or if you have like an interesting side name or something. I mean, I feel like all the characters that are in your game have pretty normal names. It depends if they're people submitted ones because we have a lot of those as well. 
those are generically normal names. If I'm creating them, I usually have, here's a really obvious name, like a Tyrogue is named Smasher because Tyrogue hits stuff and he's also a baseball <laughs> player. So like, yeah, that makes sense. But for you guys, you have everything in the world. And also since you're developing their backgrounds as well, you can shoot for the moon. I don't know why, but the name Jennifer is really speaking to me. So I think this Umbreon's gonna be named Jennifer. Cool. You've got a normal one. <laughs> the only one that came to my head was Rock. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're on the character traits tab, all the pieces should be there. What the heck did I name my Metacross in my games? Oh, are you going for what you named it? Yeah, I give them like semi-normal names. Hi, I'm a Matang. My name is uh, David and <laughs> I like to hit things. My name is Hamburger. <laughs> I'm an American fighter pilot. Hamburger. Hammy. I'm going to name him Hammy. Okay, Jennifer and Hammy. Cool. So the way that the document is set up is that basically as long as you fill in the stuff in the green boxes, everything else autofills. So all you have to do is type your Pokemon name in correctly, and then a lot of the base stats should pop up. <laughs> That's a good luck for me. Oh, yep. That happened. Cool. So base stats for Umbreon, HP 9, attack 6, defense 11, special attack 6, special defense 13, and speed 6. Yes, my tanky girl. I love her. Yes. Matang's base stats, HP 6, attack 7, defense 11, special attack 5, special defense 8, and speed 5. I'm actually not that wildly different from you. We both picked pretty tanky Pokemon for the other. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So you can type in the next section, there's type, which is the type of the Pokemon. Go ahead and put that there. That's just because one of my players is fairly new to the Pokemon world as a whole. We use that just to help with like type advantages and disadvantages and stuff like that. In case you forget what type Matang is or Umbreon is, I guess it's useful as well. I don't know how likely that's going to be with you guys, especially since they're favorites, but... Harper, am I a Beldum or a Matang? Like, specifically, I'm the second evolution. Yes, you are the second evolution. You're... I wanted you to have arms and not just be a floating <laughs> arm. <laughs> the floating eye thing is pretty funny though <laughs> yeah but like my thing is like it's a floating eye like where a joint socket goes so i just imagine it like that's the bone <laughs> sticking out and staring at you and it creeps me out i love matang and metagross i don't like beldum cool so the types are there that'll be useful later on the next thing is total experience which determines the level which raises a good question what level are you guys Ooh, that is a good question. I know you mentioned you might want to use these Pokemon in your campaign. Oh, no matter how they end up being, I'm using them in the campaign. Whether they turn out amazing or garbage, <laughs> they're, they're going in. Garbage! Garbage! <laughs> what level do you think would be appropriate? We try to make it reasonable for the Pokemon itself, so we don't need like a level 5 Charizard or a level 100 Squirtle, because none of those really make sense. Theoretically, they would have evolved, so something in your range. Uh-huh. Well, we usually make fourth level D&D &D characters, and D&D &D characters can go up to 20. So I guess the equivalent level would be... Be like 16-ish? Would be like between 16 and 20, yeah. I'm curious though, what level Beldum evolves into Matang? 20. Is it 20? Oh, that's perfect then. You guys can both be level... When does Umbreon evolve then? Umbreon evolves by friendship. Oh, okay, then that makes sense. Yeah, you could both be level 20, that makes sense. So the total experience for that, by the way, you need to put in the actual like experience gained. For level 20, that is 1900 ability as well. So you guys can choose your abilities. If you guys want to do hidden abilities, you can. As long as your Pokemon can actually have it. But whatever fits your character. Well, I'm trying to think of who Jennifer is as a person. 
Yeah, that would be good, because building the backstory of these characters makes it not only easier to throw into a campaign at a specific point, but also heavily influences the type of voice I end up giving them. Well, I figure that our Pokemon are probably best friends slash, like, adventuring buddies. What do you think, Darby? Yeah, we have our own team. Sure. So you guys could be on, like, a rescue team similar to yeah. Ralph and Kyle and other guys like that. Yeah, I love it. Okay. I've chosen the ability clear body because it seems like the only ability that Matang gets and light metal is not really appealing to me. I think that if she's on a rescue team and she's level 20, Jennifer has seen some shit. And so I think that she has inner focus. I think she can't flinch. Cool. Yep. So you can just type that into the section there and it should auto generate the ability as long as everything's spelled right. Other Pokemon's moves and abilities cannot lower your stats. That is so cool. I think Harper and I both appreciate an Excel sheet with uh, good formulas. Yeah, be still my beating heart. I love a well-filled out Excel spreadsheet. Oh yeah, this is one of those things that like when developing the system, like this is such a pain and it's gonna, it's not even going to be useful. And then now it's like, oh yeah, I can just type <laughs> it in. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. I think for Belly, we use 25. Uh, that's just so the way that the game works is that whenever you use a move, you drop by a Belly. Whenever you travel for an extended period of time, like walking wise you drop by a belly it's to it's sort of like a stamina almost so that can just stay as 25 right now okay held item this is up to you guys do you guys want to have an item i would love an item i think at level 20 we could probably do with an item so this is in the mystery dungeon world so it's all mystery dungeon items so for example you can't have it wouldn't be useful anyway but you can't have like a super potion because that's a trainer specific thing but here you can have the items that are in the mystery dungeon games so you could have like a stick and you can throw the stick or you can have a specific type of band that increases your stats or something along those lines. So you can pick any item you want. I'll leave it open to you guys. There is, there should be a tab for like items list and it just lists all the items and their effects and things. So I think to make it easier, because there are a lot of things there, and this is up to you guys. So this also builds into the whole character developing thing. What type of people do you think you are? Are you guys defensive, attackive, attackive, if that's a word. Are you more intellectual? Are you the hit first and ask questions later type person? Because I can go into what type of item you end up having. Because if I give you a band, we have already proven in-game that bands are broken. Eh, so might as well just hand them out to everybody. <laughs> uh, I think kind of the way that I'm imagining our duo is that I kind of imagine Hammy being the brains of the operation because, you know, Hammy is a psychic type. Yeah. <laughs> and then... A dark type? I don't know why I'm imagining dark type kind of correlating over to rogue, and rogues are often the face of the party. The face of the party is often the member that does the talking, so I'm kind of imagining that we're a like, defensively oriented duo with like one person who does all the planning and one person who does all the talking. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Yeah, because we're both pretty tanky. I feel like it's fine if plans go a little sour because we can take the hits. Plus, Hammy doesn't walk, so you can just sit on top of Hammy, <laughs> and Hammy's just, like, floating along, like, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Maybe that's how we get around most of the time, is that I just, like, sit on top of Hammy, like Hammy is a chariot. Oh, that'd be, that'd be really cool. So, uh, assuming you guys haven't changed the rows, from row, let me see, 82 to 124, are the big items that'll help you like with stats and stuff like that. So you can pick any of those things. There's specific ones that I think would probably fit you guys better, but really it's up to you. This is all in your wheelhouse. What are you thinking? So if we were putting this in D&D &D terms, you said you were going to be a rogue, right? 
or a rogue-esque type character. Uh, Darby, what type of character do you think Matang would be? Probably Paladin would be the closest equivalent, I would think. Minus the healing abilities. Because I could see, because a lot of these are very much battle-oriented. Yeah. So we could see, like, the rogue having, let's say, since you're an Umbreon. Actually, that goes into your character as well. Does Umbreon have a better attack or special attack? Um, I think that attack and special attack are the same. Because there are items here that can avoid specific status effects. You can boost your critical hit ratio. You can avoid being poisoned. You avoid being confused. Your defense increases by a lot. Special attack, yada yada. I'm thinking that Hammy has a power band because their attack is better than their special attack by a pretty significant amount for single digit numbers. Sure. Are you thinking they, them pronouns for Hammy, Darby? Yeah, because I think Matangs are, they are giant chunks of floating metal. Yeah, I think... The, the whole Metagross line is canonically genderless. Yeah, I stick to that as well. Just if, if they have genders in the games, I'd switch them to having genders here and then vice versa. So I think we had like a, we had a Staryu. And so for the brief moment that Staryu was on stage, quote unquote, I was using they, them as well because Staryu is canonically genderless as well. So yeah. <laughs> I like either the Dodge scarf or the Sneak scarf. For Jennifer. So for the dodge scarf, you can dodge items that are thrown at you. And for the sneak scarf, you won't wake up Pokemon who are sleeping at the start of a battle. Can either of us learn sing or any kind of like sleep inducing moves? Because that would be an interesting combination if one of us could actually learn something to like knock another Pokemon unconscious and then you could just like combo play. Yeah. I don't think that Umbreon learns any sleeping moves, though. Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know if either of you guys do. I think probably a sneak scarf, then. I think that makes a lot of sense. Plus, I like the idea of the Umbreon with, like, the little scarf tied around its neck like they do in the games. Yeah, cool. So you can add that in. Since Hammy has the... You said it was the power band, right? Uh-huh. With the held item of the power band, it increases your attack by your base stats in the permanent bonus. So whatever your attack is, mm-hmm. that basically gets doubled right now. So that goes into the permanent bonus section for under attack. So Matang, th- this is why it's overpowered right now, because Matang will hit a dude into the next millennium. The, the attack turns into a 14! <laughs> Holy guacamole! I want to change my held item. I mean, you can. <laughs> I still want to use a scarf or a ribbon, though, because I think that they're great. And we haven't even applied level up bonuses yet, so. Oh my god. Oh my god. So, yeah. We're strong. Would it be too overpowered if uh, Jennifer wore the aura bow? Remind me again which, what that does. It increases attack, defense, special attack, and special defense by plus one. No. I think that's probably the most balanced power boosting item there is, to tell you the truth, because we have learned I probably need to change the power band and things like that after the fact to probably do like half of your base stats instead of all of it. But no, that would be a perfectly, that would be a perfectly reasonable thing, especially for an Umbreon okay. to have. I think that fits Umbreon's character as a whole, being an aura type item. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Now let's add the level up bonuses because this will make you even more powerful. Woo! So the way that the system works is that every time you level up, you get to add one offensive stat and one defensive stat. And mm-hmm. so there are two different checks at the bottom that kind of make sure that everything is legit. So the one on the left asks if the level up bonus is legal. That's basically just saying, have you, if whatever your level is doubled, have you added that many stats? So in this case, since you guys are level 20, you need to add 40 stats across these six. Oh, well, we can pick any six of them to apply them to? Yeah, you can split them as much as you want, as long as at the end of the day, your offensive stats and defensive stats 
basically when you leveled up from one to two, you would add one offensive and one defensive and do that every single time. So, oh, I see. So we can't improve our speed or our hit points. You can as well. So on the right, it tells you offensive stats in this world are attack, special attack, and speed. Defensive are HP, defense, and special defense. Oh, I see. Okay. I will say that adding to defense and special defense also increase your HP. So it's generally not advised to increase HP unless you feel like it. So really, you know, it's up to you. You can just toss them wherever you feel like. As long as you have, at the end of the day, level up bonus for your offensive stats equal your level up bonus for your defensive stats. Okay. So those are the only two that have to be even Stevens. Okay. Yeah. So go broke, you know, make your characters even more overpowered. Because my defense and special defense are both enormous, mm -hmm. I'm just going to add 10 to each of those because you also said it improves hit points and just mm -hmm. to split my 20 for defense between the two of them. For the attack stats, my offensive stats, I want to put five into each. So five in attack, five in special attack, and five in speed. And then I'm not sure what to do past that. So the way the system works as well is that initiative is D speed. So we typically have to use random number generators. But so a higher speed means you're likely to go first. And then there's math involved when you do damage and attacks and stuff like that. That I think probably improves speed by five more. I think that this is a an Umbreon who, like a true rogue, tries to get in and out quickly. Sure. I think I'm just going to increase attack, defense, special attack, and special defense all by 10. Sure. Yeah, it is easier. That's generally how I make, when I'm trying to make an NPC really quickly, I just increase all their stats by the same number and then roll with that. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want to think hard. Hammy thinks hard. Darby does not. <laughs> and I think speed, I think being made of solid metal, I think increasing the speed is a little rude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Umbreon is this nice, like, sleek cat dog thing. So I feel like the higher <laughs> speed makes sense for Umbreon. Yeah. Yeah. Because Hammy's thinking, there's always that scene in like anime or something where this person's like, oh, I'm super fast. I'm faster than you. Ha ha. I stab you. And then the person just grabs the thing that they stab, just pulls them closer and is like, and? <laughs> and it's just like, while you were doing all this stupid stuff, I was studying you and now I'm going to defeat I you. I can see that really. Just have some really fast, uh, what's a fast, like Sneasel, just a Sneasel trying to attack Hammy and then Hammy just goes, are you sure about that? <laughs> just... Grab the Sneasel by the head and throw it away. <laughs> Grab the Sneasel. Omoi wa o shinderu. Nani? Toss. <laughs> Nani? <laughs> so once you've added everything, long story short, if, you're, if your level of bonuses are equal, then you should be fine. <laughs> Next thing is moves. So obviously Pokemon can have four moves. You get to pick any move as long as you can feasibly learn it. So I don't think Umbreon can learn... Actually, no, Umbreon's probably a terrible Pokemon to choose because Umbreon can learn a lot of different things. <laughs> Matang can't learn, like, Giga Drain, for example. You can pick any moves you want, and it'll autofill the type of move, uh, what category it is, whether it's physical or special, which will go into attack or special attack, the power of the move, what your dice roll is, accuracy, all that mumbo jumbo. Well, I think, obviously, the first one that I'm going to take for Jennifer is Quick Attack. Ooh, yes. Quick Attack is a good move as well, especially if you're a slower Pokemon, because I think the way that we have Quick Attack set up right now is that when you use it, you move first in the next initiative, like, next turn, I guess. So if you go last, you can use quick attack, you'll be first on the next round, and then you can attack then, and then you'll go back to your normal initiative. But for, theoretically, if you just use quick attack all the time, you'll constantly be going first. That's awesome. Okay, I need to look at the moves that Beldum can learn. You mean Matang? No, because Matang doesn't learn anything new until level 23. I see. Oh. Well, since you guys are also part of a rescue team and all that, I don't think it's unreasonable for you guys to have TMs and other cooler facilities like that. So you can have access to that as well, as long as, you know, you don't end up with like, all right, so I'm going to have Hyper Beam, Earthquake, Roar of Time, and 
<laughs> and like frenzy plant and just roll. Uh, that didn't help much because Beldum's only move is takedown. Oh, that's very true. You're probably going to need TMs. Mm, yeah, this baby's going to need TMs real bad. If we're opening it up to TMs, I think that Jennifer's second move, because I'm saying she's more of a rogue character, it has to be Thief. Ooh, that would be cool. Gyro Ball would be an excellent move for Matang. Because it's the slower the user compared to the opponent, the higher the damage up to a maximum base power of 150. That's Hammy's finisher. <laughs> They're like, oh, you know, I'm dodging, I'm weaving, I'm like so much faster than you. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> you thought. I can see this as well. Jennifer being like this fast talking Pokemon. It's like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this quick. And then Hammy in the back like, sure, one step at a time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Calculated. Cammy moves very meticulously because they move so slow. They can think about what they're doing while they're just like before they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas Jennifer is a fast talker in more ways than one. She literally speaks very quickly because I speak very quickly most oh. of the time. I I speak quick all the time. I was joking with my players, and I think I might have mentioned this to you before that I just introduced a character that talks really slow, and they were like, wait, what What are you doing? Is there something wrong with your internet connection? No, that's just the character. <laughs> but I also like the idea that she can, like, persuade people of things. Like, she's that kind of fast talker as well. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was making a rogue today. I thought I was making a Pokemon, but I guess I'm making both. At the end of the day, aren't we all just one of those D&D &D characters? I think keeping in time with the rogue factor, I'm going to give Jennifer charm. Ooh, that'd be interesting. I'm going to give Hammy two of the moves that Matang learns by leveling up, that being Confusion and Metal Claw, because I think they're like in the typing of mm -hmm. Matang. And I think Hammy using their brain to just confuse someone is kind of fitting. And I think the last attack that I'm going to give Jennifer is Crunch. Ooh, that's nice. She can learn it by TM. I'm thinking Toxic for him. Are you running a competitive Pokemon now? You're going to have Toxic? No. I'm going to have Protect. <laughs> I'm just going to Toxic Skull. Because <laughs> a lot of these moves that Matang can learn by TM are like Shadow Ball and Psychic and Hyper Beam. Yeah, go for it. I, I'm, I'm not picky. Because you have to think, if you feel like your characters are this overpowered, then equivalent level Pokemon that I create are also this overpowered. So it's all the same oh. power at the end of the day. Everyone's just hitting each other with random beams of light. Or, you know, in Jennifer's case, just biting. Just nom nom nom. <laughs> just take a big old crunch out of somebody. Hey. I think toxic, because I think a status effect move on a Pokemon who we've sort of characterized as like careful thinks about what they're doing, makes all these plans. I think it's a setup, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's maybe a good idea with like a combination of Jennifer having quick attack and Hammy having a status move is Hammy like sets it up and then Jennifer uses quick attack and goes first the next turn and kind of just like knocks him down. I also just noticed that Crunch does 2d8 plus 10 damage and that is monstrous. Oh yeah, no, that's what, that's what, part of the reason why defense and special defense both go into health, because you have to really beef these people up in order for it to replace the fact that I made, the, I, I forget which one I did first, I think I did the moves first, so I retroactively, or like after the fact, beef them up so that they could handle a crunch, or, like think about it, uh, explosion is in the game, so. Oh, <laughs> I could take explosion. But maybe don't. I forget if explosion in this game, actually I can look it up. Yeah, okay, so it makes you faint, so don't, uh, but if you did, <laughs> it is a power base of 25, which 
that would be a 25 is 60 12 plus 60 for explosion i mean you'd be you'd be dead afterwards but you know pretty funny though that'd be pretty funny that's a last resort thing like guys i think our backs against the walls all right i'll do this for you tell my family i love them hits the button oh my god that would be that's the sacrifice play right there that's a final boss battle like the story is going to end you want to end your character on a high note you hit the button at the last minute the BBEG is like about to like is so low about to escape and Matang just goes you're staying right here with me buddy <laughs> and then plot twist the bad boss is a ghost type and it doesn't do anything <laughs> oh that'd be cruel you are a cruel dmpm gm that's what i do robbing a character of their dramatic death if it is already in the story i will rob them of that <laughs> Like, if I, if I previously established that this character is actually a ghost type, and then they'd use explosion, I'm like, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll give them a warning. I'll be like, are you sure? Yep. Okay. Uh, ghost type doesn't <laughs> do squad. Bye. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. I respect that. Now, does fainting in your system kill the Pokemon, or just knock them out? I have it so far as knock them out. Because our, our players, specifically one, has fainted a couple times. I haven't really determined how death would work, if it works at all, yet. Because right now, my as god of this universe, I'm always like, oh, but there's another person there that quickly heals you before finishing it off, and you just don't get experience points. So, oh, well. But I do have to think about that eventually, because I think that's like a vital piece in case this system wants to be more realistic, I guess, or more more focused on, like, end game. Because right now, it's just like, here's a children's story of a couple of kids going on an adventure, and, oh, they went into a bad situation, but look, they'll come out of it all better. Like, it feels like you know how the story will end, you just don't know what the path will be right now, because there's no death situation. So, that has to be something that I'm probably going to work on over the next time period. I don't know. However long the story ends up taking. The next five to seven years. Deeply traumatize a child player <laughs> by just killing their game. Yeah. Well, the story right now is very, uh, we try to make it as family-friendly as a story about people going on an adventure with kidnapping and all that sort of stuff can be. So death isn't really a thing yet, but it does probably have to be if we want to make the stakes go even higher, I guess. I don't know. That's, that's, something on the, that's something that's in the book right now, but I haven't worked out yet. Harper, I know you have all four moves. Darby, do you have all four? Should we recap? So the moves that I took for Jennifer are Quick Attack, Thief, Charm, and Crunch. I took Gyro Ball, Confusion, Metal Claw, and Toxic. Oh, you didn't take Explosion? No, that would have been really funny, though. Maybe a different character. <laughs> I would absolutely... Now that I'm kind of getting familiar with what this is, I would absolutely build a <laughs> Voltorb with a Death Wish. <laughs> Honestly, if you were a Voltorb, wouldn't you kind of have a Death Wish? You're just a ball. Yeah. Eh. That's your life. It, you have to roll everywhere to get places. You have to roll on your face. This is what I'm saying. I think that uh, were I a Voltorb... I don't know if in the Pokemon universe life would be worth living. And this is why we keep things family friendly on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not here. Here things get weird. <laughs> but the last thing which is really important is the what I have in the system is human stats. But this is like your athletics role, your wisdom role, and things like that. So they go under five categories. Cool, cute, smart, beauty, and tough which correlate to the contest attributes that you can submit Pokemon in to compete in. So my definitions for them, tough is like your strength stuff, so mainly just athletics roles. Cool is for dexterity things, so like acrobatics, sleight of hand, stealth. 
Cute is for charisma-related things like deception, intimidation, performance, persuasion. Smart is for intelligence, so I have arcana, history, investigation, nature, religion. Beauty is for wisdom, so like perception, animal handling, insight, medicine. Beauty is effectively what I couldn't fit anything else into, and so I'm just like, all right, let's just, let's just toss out the knife. The way that it starts off is based on your type, so because Umbreon is a dark type, dark starts off with a plus one and cute, plus two to smart, minus one to beauty. And all of them have that same sort of distribution, a plus two to something, plus one to something, two zeros, and then neg one. If you're a dual type, you get to choose between them. So oh. you can pick whichever one fits your character more. And then after that, you get to uh, change them based on... Usually it's plus one to anything you feel like, but since you guys are level 20, I'm going to give you guys plus five, and you can just toss them wherever you feel like. Ooh, five? Awesome. So, like, for example, I think you were talking about Jennifer being much more charisma-oriented, I mm -hmm. think, right? So that would likely be, like, a cute thing. So you could toss a couple extra points into cute. Okay. I'll probably pick the steel attributes. Because psychic gives a lot to cool, which is translates to dexterity. And for someone who doesn't move quite that fast... Yeah. Yeah, and steel gives you a negative to cute, which is charisma skills. So I feel like that would make Jennifer being the face make a lot more sense. Yeah. So I think then that if you're giving us five, I will add three to cute. I want to max out my cute. And I'll add two to cool, so I'll end up with a total of three and cool. I, I think I left that in there. The from plus three to minus two, cut that out. That doesn't need to be there. So you can go over plus three. Yeah, but I like being equally cool and cute. I think that that's kind of a that's good descriptor of who I imagine Jennifer is. She's the cool girl. Because <laughs> I think when I was making the system, I initially wanted this part to be very similar to the mask system, where over time decisions change the way like your superior increases or or they decrease depending on certain decisions made but after some time and learning like how the characters and the system would play out i just decided to scrap that and you can go over so theoretically if you guys are high enough level you could have like a plus 10 to cute and just be like all right just full-on D&D this of, like, eh, I think we'll pass this. Now, the way that the, the rolls work is similar to masks in that you roll a d20 plus whatever attribute is needed, and then if you roll 15 or higher, it's a full success. 10 to 15 is a mixed success. Below 10 is a fail. So, so it, it, at first, it becomes difficult to make decisions, but then as you get better and better, decisions are easier and easier to do until eventually my characters will be overpowered, and then we'll have to fix that part again. But until then, it's good enough for now. So my final stats are plus three in cool, plus three in cute, plus two in smart, minus one in beauty, and flat zero in tough. Cool. Yeah, I can definitely see what type of character you're building just based on that. Yep. Your character is literally the one that flashes, like flips their hair back as they walk down the street. That's it. Yeah, I think that like how in the anime, there's that one Pikachu, Sparky, who has like that extra hair right in front. Yeah. I think that Jennifer has like just a little bit of extra hair that she can toss. <laughs> well, have you seen Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, right? Where you can give your Eevee haircut. Yes. Yes. That held on until my Eevee became an Umbreon and she still just has the extra. <laughs> yeah. A little sum of something. Yeah. All right. So my stats are, I've got a zero in cool, a zero in cute because I want to get rid of that negative, a three in smart, two in beauty, two in tough. Cool. I feel like we really balance each other out. Yeah. It's almost like we're a team. I think with that, we actually are done with the character. Because items and all those other things, those are all like in-game stuff. Those, those are depending on where you end up being. So congratulations, you have built characters. Huzzah! All we really need to figure out then is like the backstory and how Hammy and Jennifer became adventuring buddies. Yes. And a team. Oh my God, in our team name. 
We need a team name. Oh my gosh. That is also very important. That is actually vital. Like, I will not let you guys be on the show unless you have a team name. <laughs> what little I know about Pokemon Mystery Dungeon is that you need a team name. I mean, you can't progress in the game unless you make one, so. I think that maybe we talk about the backstory and the team name will present itself to us. Oh, probably, yeah. So, uh, as I low-key take notes, who are you guys? Tell me about your day. Uh-huh, yeah, go on. Psychology. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, just spitballing with Darby here, it's likely that Jennifer and Hammy met as an Eevee and a Beldum, not as our evolved forms. Can you imagine if Beldum was trying to pick something up? <laughs> Eevee just, like, just takes pity. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm just an eye! Like, <laughs> my butt is my hand! Like, I don't know what to do! Yeah, so Eevee kind of became friends with Beldum, and Eevee Jennifer started helping Beldum out with everyday tasks that Hammy Beldum couldn't quite accomplish. I like to think that Jennifer comes from a family where she's the only Umbreon, because Eevee can evolve so many different ways. Mm -hmm. I like to think that her parents are like a Sylveon and a Vaporeon. I don't know why those two came to my mind, but they did. Sure. You're almost literally a black sheep of the family. Yeah, that's it. Like, I'm thinking that, like, Jennifer is, like, the middle child. There were three Eevee sisters, because I'm thinking kind of also of the sisters in Celadon City. Mm -hmm. yeah, Celadon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. No. Ecritique. Yes, yeah. Where they each had a different evolution. And her two sisters, her elder and younger, were like the stars of the family. And that Jennifer never really stood out or got the most attention. And so I think that she like rebelled and became an Umbreon when she, it was time for her to evolve. You know, there's this Pokemon comic that's on Facebook. I think it's Little Char and Friends. About these little Pokemon. And one of them is like an Eevee who's like a family of Jolteons, and she's like, I don't know if I want to be a Jolteon. <laughs> they're like, okay, I guess, but there's, that's like a little arc that they have. It's a very cute comic. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, Lil Char and the gang. Very funny. Very cute. I think that Jennifer's sisters both became like an Espeon and a Leafeon, like the really like beautiful ones. Right, yeah. Or a Glaceon. Or a Glaceon, yeah. Like, just like the really classically beautiful evolutions. And Jennifer, that little seed of never feeling good enough and never feeling like she was most loved in her family, that kind of like festered a bit and she became an Umbreon. And now she's literally the black sheep of the family. But she makes up for it with all the smooth talking. Oh, I can see that as well, because the way that you evolve Eevee in game, in this universe or whatever, is with items. So I could honestly see, like, it's your time to evolve. Which item are you choosing? And you see all the pretty ones, but you don't see the one for Umbreon. And you're just like, I don't want any of these. And you go out and you find your own. So it's called Heart of the Moon. It's a specific item. So you find your own Heart of the Moon and evolve into Umbreon and just come back and be like, hey, what's up? What if Beldum helps you find Heart of the Moon? Like you were like talking about like how you don't, like you didn't seem like you were happy. And maybe like when the ceremony comes, like Beldum comes in dragging this like Heart of the Moon, like behind them. It's like, ah! oh, like Jennifer Evie has like helped Beldum so much and Hammy wants to repay the favor. So Hammy brings a Heart of the Moon to the ceremony. And Jennifer is like, Hammy understands me better than any of you and my family ever could. I'm just imagining how Beldum's trying to carry this. And I think the funniest way that they would carry it is it's on the ground and they're just pushing it forward with their body. And just, eh! <laughs> just, eh! <laughs> 
like Hammy promised that they would be at the ceremony and then Jennifer's like looking and Hammy's not there and so Jennifer's like super upset and then just you hear wait <laughs> just get get it's both comical and heartwarming at the same time that's that's the territory we like to hit right there that's mm-hmm. that intersection between comedy and romance or comedy and sob story that's a better way there you go yeah make you laugh and tug at your heartstrings at the same time exactly one stop shop so Hammy went out and got this heart of the moon for Jennifer so Jennifer could become an Umbreon, which is what she really felt in her soul was what she was meant to be. Oh, I just thought of it as well because you mentioned it earlier. Umbreon evolves because of friendship <gasps> and that just fits even more. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so perfect. You don't feel that same love with all of the rest of your family and then Bellum comes in pushing the, I don't know how big it, the heart of the moon is, but I'd say like about the size of Bellum's eye, just kind of like rolls it in be like, here, <laughs> take this. And you're just like, yes, tap, evolve, everything's happy. So perfect. I love it. It's all coming together. Calculated. (laughs) You know, I feel like because this is a, you know, this is a family friendly, not terrible show, not the tragic backstories that I like to make for characters. (laughs) I don't think that Jennifer's parents disowned her. They just really don't understand her. Um, But so she kind of, she hasn't been kicked out of the house, but she doesn't spend a lot of time there anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead spends almost all of her time with Hammy. They just probably do that thing, you know, where, like, parents are, like, just uncomfortable. And they just, like, don't know how to handle anything. So they just sort of, they're like, hi, sweetie, how was school? And you're just like, oh, you're fine. Like, <laughs> the problem with evolving into an embryon is that now Jennifer is stuck in her high school emo phase for the rest of her life. <laughs> Goth for life. Yep. I'm imagining in like it's a, it's an image deep in my brain of like a MySpace scene girl. <laughs> That's what I've got right up here. Fifty scrunchies on your arm. Oh boy. That studded hot topic belt. That'd be incredible. That raises the question, of course, of how do Pokemon wear pants? But I don't feel like discussing that right now. That feels like a overly. Is are your pants on your back legs? All of your legs. No, back legs. Absolutely back legs. Okay, here's the thing. This is a supreme tangent. I study communication disorders, and one of the classes that you have to take for that is anatomy. And when we talk about anatomy, we have superior and inferior, which means for humans, like upper and lower, and we have anterior and dorsal, which is front and back, and we wear pants on our inferior. We wear pants below our waistline. Now, Mm -hmm. for an animal... That is, if you were to cut a dog in half. A perfect, a great thought to think about, by the way. Their inferior is towards their tail, superior is closer to their head. So you wear pants on the inferior part of your body, which is further away from your head. So a Pokemon wears its pants on the limbs that are the furthest away from its head, which means on the back legs. Cool. This would be like if we wore pants by wearing them on the front half of our body and the shirt was the back half is when what it looks like when a dog is wearing pants on all four legs. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be a look now, but maybe in like 2030, that might be a thing. (laughs) Not that mega evolutions are a thing anymore, I guess, but like mega metagross's arms are all equidistant from the face. I was going to raise the question of like, how does Sphiel wear pants? How does Voltorb wear pants? There you go. (laughs) It's just a skirt. (laughs) I think that Voltorb is a proud nudist. I think there have to be a few in the Pokemon community. I think Voltorb is one of them. Oh, wait. Okay. Okay. I just had a thought because, you know, I'm scraping, scraping the bottom of the barrel for what little I understand of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Little scarves. Where do we wear our little scarves? Uh, For Umbreon, it makes sense. Just around Umbreon's neck. For Matang, that's a very good question. 
I feel like at some point, because Matang's just got the big old claws and can't do anything, that Jennifer like lovingly tied it like around Matang's wrist. I can see that. Aww. Like a friendship bracelet. It's a friendship bracelet. Oh my gosh. Just the thinnest part of Matang's arm because otherwise it'd have to be like... (laughs) Like a rope. <laughs> okay. And then I figure that at some point along the adventure that we go on, because Evie can evolve at any time. doesn't have to reach a certain level. But so right. then at some point along the adventure, Hammy evolved from a Beldum into a Matang. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Darby, what are you thinking for a team name? Kind of hard. The key parts of our backstory together that are coming to mind, it's like mutual growth. We kind of helped each other grow. That's a thing. But I'm also thinking like our types. I mean, we've got dark psychic steel between all three, which are not so wildly dissimilar in my mind, especially dark and psychic. No. But the dark psychic names that I'm thinking of are all pretty edgy. And (laughs) I don't think we're edgy. I think Jennifer is very edgy. Matang is very round. I mean, do you have some edgelord names? I'll hear them. No. (laughs) I think it like combinations of like knight and like psychic and like confusion and you know, those kind of words that are like anything you put with them will sound edgy inherently. Eternal knight, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. It just sounds like edge. I'm really liking Nyx, like N-Y-X. Yeah. But I want to try and work that into a word that ends with like the N-I-C-S sound. I don't know if this will help or if this is just a question that's eventually going to steer us off course, but why are you guys going on your adventure? Well, I think Jennifer just wants to get away from her family who doesn't understand her. I think that she wants to make a name for herself with her best friend, who's the only person in the world who she thinks gets her. She's very much a high school girl stuck in her emo phase. I'd like to think that Hammy has a deep love for knowledge and wants to explore, but they're not very good at actually talking to people and so you know with jennifer team academics <laughs> that doesn't fit but that'd be hilarious because typically a lot of the teams that have been developed generally have a reason what they're going for so our main characters are trying to save the world you know your generic protagonist stuff but then some of the other teams are so for snow for example the feel while she's not on a team yet her main focus is to prove her difference from her very popular father and very popular mother and sort of like distinguish like I'm not just their kid I'm also my own person that that's sort of what pushes her which is sort of related to Harper your character but at the same time is also like well she, they, they're still a loving family it's just father and mother are never around enough to take care of their child because they're too busy trying to make the money for their child if you know what I mean yeah whereas with Jennifer it's like both of my sisters got much more attention so I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna make my own name for myself I was kind of thinking because you're leaning more into the steel type than the psychic type, you said. Mechanics, like M-E-C-H-A-N-Y-X, because the mecha is more... That sounds interesting. Mm. Matang, which is going to evolve into Metagross, which is like kind of a machine-ish Pokemon. And then you've got Nyx for darkness, for night, for Umbreon. Oh, that'd be hilarious, because especially with mechanics generally, when you think of mechanics, you generally think of males. And so when you see a gender neutral and a female come in being like, yeah, we're team mechanics, what's up? Yeah, I think mechanics. People are like, wait, I'm sorry, I don't understand. You're the mechanics? And we're like, no, we are mechanics. <laughs> mechanics. I think mechanics is good. Oh, me and my comedy self is like, this would be perfect if like you regularly appear. I like to have a set number of people and then just rotate them through throughout the podcast. So some of the teams that were in like episode six will appear in episode 12 or two just to you know, spice it up being like, hey, I remember you. I would love to see like you guys appearing every 
10 to 15 episodes of just like popping in and it always starts the same way of like we were called in to do our job or whatever it's like yeah we wanted the mechanics no we oh my gosh well while we're here let's help the protagonist <laughs> with their story yeah 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 i love it that's so perfect we get called in for a lot of technical issues which is like fine i guess but then it's like sure but like by the way do you have any other jobs <laughs> so are you guys going with mechanics yeah i think we are Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Anaru, and teaching us how to make Pokemon in your system. Is there anything that you want to plug? Obviously not a scratch. That is the podcast that I'm from. You can find them on most platforms. You can find us on Twitter at notascratchcast or me at Adurin Region. That's A-H-D-U-R-I-N Region. That's pretty much it. I mean, I have a couple of other podcasts that are more like things that I just upload random things on. So I have a podcast called Adurin Region Sports which is basically a podcast where I pretend to be an announcer announcing random sports, but Pokemon are in it instead of normal things. So infrequently, I update with episodes about the Olympics. I have Pokemon competing in Olympics events, similar to like the Gen 4 Pokeathlon type thing. And then I have another podcast called Adoran Talk Sports, where I just talk about the NFL because I'm a huge fan of the league as a whole. So that's there as well. That's all for this week. Be sure to join us next week for another Chaotic Creation. Chaotic Creations is created, produced, and hosted by Harper Hayes and Darby Pack. Editing is by Harper Hayes, and web design is by Darby Pack. The art is by Kiku Hughes, who you can find on Twitter at Kiku Hughes, and the music is by Kevin McLeod. You can find us online at chaoticpod.com. If you would like to chat with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at chaoticpod. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and tell your favorite nerdy friend about us. It's the best way to help us grow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>